are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas 24myportfoliocom On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design for today's show. We got Vince Amperio of Locked On Dodgers back on for part two of our crossover. We're discussing the Max Scherzer and Trey Turner move to the Dodgers. How does it feel? What is the Dodgers' biggest weakness that could stop them from repeating in the World Series? And then I even asked Vince what he would do with Ketel Marte. Uh, what he would do with Ketel Marte? Should the D-backs trade him? Should the D-backs keep him? We get Vince's perspective, non-biased outside the organization perspective opinion on the Ketel Marte situation. So it's a jam-packed pod. we got a whole bunch to talk to you about today. But don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And don't forget, this episode is also brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this weekend to get in on the action. Now, let's jump right into the pod with Vince Samperio of Locked On Dodgers. When I look at this Dodgers team, of course, stars galore up and down the lineup. I mean, got 20 all-stars maybe on this team. But what is the weakness of the Dodgers? If someone was to face this team in the postseason, what is the thing that you're most scared of? What is the Achilles heel of the Dodgers? Yeah, right now it's got to be the offense and kind of the whole year it's it's been the offense to a certain extent. The starting pitching has been good throughout the whole year, even if they were at one point they were down to three starting pitchers. But, you know, Walker Buehler has been good from game one to, to his last start. Julio's have been good other than maybe two or three starts from from game one to now. And Kershaw's been here, but he came back and looked pretty good. Um, so we'll see if he can continue to progress. Max Scherzer's just been a world beater since the Dodgers got him. And then the bullpen, you know, as much as people maybe don't trust Kenley Jansen, he's been pitching well. Other than right out of the out of the break, out of the All Star break, he had uh, three blown saves in like a week. But after that, he's been really shut down. Like Trinan's only allowed like a couple runs since ju- since July. They've gotten guys like Phil Bigford and Alex Vesia to step up. It's a little scary to count on guys that you know haven't been there before, but these guys have shown throughout the whole year that, or, or at least here in the last few months, that, that they have the stuff. Corey Kniebel, you know, they've, they've got a good bullpen. They've got a good starting pitching. And they they have, you know, you look at the lineup and it's like, oh, yeah, Trey Turner, you have, you know, 2019 MVP Cody Bellinger batting eighth, but there's a reason he's batting eighth right now because he's hitting like 160. And just the offense has gone cold. They've gone cold. They, they picked it up here against the, uh, the D-backs a little bit. They finally started getting some base hits. But there was a stretch in the last month where Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, their three all-stars weren't hitting at all. Trey Turner was kind of the only one hitting. Mookie Betts has been hitting a little bit more now. Corey Seager starting to get going. But the offense is still and and always will be in all the years. I mean, this is the ninth straight year the Dodgers being the postseason. And yeah, the starting pitching's kind of always been good. The bullpen's maybe been a little shaky, but the offense is always what scares me the most. Because if you don't score runs, it doesn't matter. You know, Max Scherzer can go eight innings, give up one run. And if you lose one zero, then it doesn't really matter. 
Yeah, and the Dodgers, I'm not sure why their offense has struggled this year. And part of it, maybe just a lot of it's on the shoulders of a Cody Bellinger. And you said he's batting 160. Let's put some respect on his name. He's batting 161. He's doing better than that. (laughs) His batting average isn't that low. He's got a point higher than that. Yeah, I mean, what? Like, can you tell me anything as to why he might be struggling, do you think it's mental? Have you seen anything in the stats? I mean, for a guy to win MVP just two years ago and look like one of the premier players of baseball to now that 161 of 536 OPS, I mean, he's played 88 games. So not like he's played a ton this season, but part of that could just be because he's struggling and the Dodgers are like, why are we going to keep putting this guy out here that can't, literally can't get a hit or do anything offensively? Like what, what's been up with Cody Bellinger this season? Yeah, it's been a, a combination of a lot of things. I think right now where he's at, it's mostly mental. Uh, but earlier in the year, you know, he got shoulder surgery in the offseason. Um, he had issues with his shoulder before, but then after he hit the big home run in game seven of the NLCS, mm. he did the shoulder bash with Kiki yeah. Hernandez, popped his shoulder out. Uh, he was able to, you know, finish out the World Series and, and be fine there. Then he got the shoulder surgery, wasn't able to swing all off, all offseason, all winter, got a little bit of a late start to spring training. And then first week of the season, he breaks his leg in a weird freak accident down the first baseline against the A's, misses a bunch of time, comes back, you know, does a couple good things, hits a walk off against the Cubs, looks like he might be decent, then hurts his hamstring or one, something else, went on the IL again, came back, and and it's just kind of been bad since then. He, he really hasn't shown any power. He really hasn't been able to put back to ball. It's not like he's, you know, in 2018, after 2017, uh, rookie of the year season 2018 he struggled a little bit but he was still hitting home runs at a high rate you know even last year he struggled a little bit but he was still hitting occasional home runs now he's he's not hitting home runs he's not hitting extra base hits and most of its hits are, are little singles and you can just see it in, in his swing he swings different every single time sometimes he lets it rip sometimes he looks like he's trying to shorten up and he's missing the high fastball he's not really you know before it was you throw him a, a, a breaking ball that breaks in on his on his back foot and he's going to strike out. Pitchers don't even have to do that right now. They can just throw him three high fastballs and he'll swing right through them. And it it's just I think at this point it's it's more mental than anything. And he had already been relegated to a platoon player just against right-handed pitching and maybe even less of that. But Mookie Betts got hurt, so then before and then he got back in the lineup, and then now Chris Taylor's hurt, so now Chris, Cody Bellinger's back in the lineup, so he's had to stay in the lineup for the Dodgers, even though he he hasn't been able to hit. And uh, I, you just look at him, and it looks a lot of mental right now because if there was anything physical, you could see it, and and his swing does look different, but I don't think it's physical. I just think he's way too in his head, and he's trying to be like, you know, I can hit this, or I shouldn't swing at this, and and yeah, it, it looks mental more than anything. Yeah, that's tough. You got to replace Cody Bellinger with another MVP in Mookie Betts. I, I feel bad <laughs> for the Dodgers. And Chris Taylor, back when I was doing my MLB All-Star bouts, like he was like someone that I was like, is this guy an All-Star reserve? Like he was balling right around that All-Star break. AJ Pollock's been on the IL recently, but still, you got him too with Mookie. I mean, even with Bellinger struggling, still got four above average outfielder so i'm not really worried about the dodgers depth too much there and plus when you look at the dodgers mlb trade deadline the best trade deadline of any team i think in my opinion uh they made well they made the best they have the best trade deadline actually the move i love the most was chris bryant to the giants because i felt like they needed more star power and that was something to help them but of course the biggest blockbuster move the biggest you know talent acquisition we saw was Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers and so as a Dodgers fan 
just let me know. I just want to live vicariously through you. How does it feel to watch these two guys on your team in their prime? I guess Scherzer's not in his prime, but he's still balling. Vince and I will continue the pod, but did you know Built Bar has the most delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone, and the reason why I love Built Bar is because it's healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm working out every day, but I also have a sweet tooth, but it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the pod. I mean, he might as well be in his prime the way he's pitching. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's one of those things where as a Dodger fan, I don't I don't personally take it for granted. You know, some of my favorite players that weren't Dodgers have been Dodgers here in the last few years because of the trade deadline. Manny Machado, you know, I was a big Manny Machado fan back when he was with the Orioles. Dodgers ended up getting him. You know, it didn't quite work out after that, and, and now he gets booed all the time. But, you know, I, w- I was still a big Machado guy. They – you know, went out and got you Darvish, who was one of my favorite pitchers back when they got him. You know, that one worked out for the most part other than the World Series and, and you know, worked out there. And then this year, Max Scherzer, I mean, Max Scherzer, the Dodgers have played him at one time, beat him in the NLDS 2016, one time lost to him in the NLDS 2019. But he's just one of those guys, one of those competitors that you always love to see. And then Trey Turner. You know, speed is such a game changer. The Dodgers, you know, Mookie Betts is fast. They've had speed before, but nothing to that extent of what Trey Turner brings, where it's an all-around package, and then the speed is like other, you know, out of this world. Mm-hmm. And he's fun to watch. And and I remember when the when the Padres traded him to the Nationals, and then we ended up the Dodgers playing ended up playing the Nationals in 2016. There's a tweet out there somewhere back then where I was like, um, thank you to the Padres because we don't have to face Trey Turner 19 times a year. And then the Dodgers went out and ended up getting him. And now the Padres are going to have to face Trey Turner 19 times next year because he still has one more year left on his deal. So it's been fun to watch. And, you know, I was there for Max Scherzer's first start as a Dodger against the Astros. Already a crazy environment. He added to it. He gets the curtain call. And, yeah, I mean, how can you complain when you look at Scherzer's numbers and you look at Trey Turner's numbers since they've been here? They basically, if the Dodgers don't make that trade, they're probably five, six games behind the Giants easily. Yeah, right now. Uh, again, we're recording this 643-916 Thursday. Trey Turner's batting over 300, over 800 OPS, eight stolen bases. Scherzer has a ridiculous .88 ERA during his time with the Dodgers. So they've just been absolutely on fire. And I actually forgot that you Darvish played for the LA Dodgers. So I guess the Padres are really just like the Dodgers leftovers, if we <laughs> want to call them that. And the speed component of Trey Turner, like that's a big deal that just has kind of gone away in baseball like speed just the the emphasis just hasn't been there and like you said Mookie Betts is fast he can go first to third on a ball hit to right field he can steal you 25 bases in a season but Trey Turner's got the kind of speed where he could hit a hard single to second base and still beat that out for a, a single himself so I think that just adds a different dimension to this Dodgers lineup which not a lot of teams have it's a big reason why the Yankees want to trade for Tim LaCastro on the D-backs because his sprint speed was arguably the best in baseball and 
speed is just not something we see as much in baseball. And I wish we kind of brought it back because it is fun to see guys to steal bases. I wish we had another Ricky Henderson stealing 80 plus bases a season. I think that would be absolutely wild. I don't think we see it enough. So just, just tell me about the speed comp- uh, component of Trey Turner. How much do you think, do you think that just that aspect alone could win you a postseason game? I mean, you mentioned it. He he beat out a ground ball to second base yesterday. That ended up being an RBI an RBI single. And you know that happens. That can happen in a postseason game. You can have a runner on third hit a, a, a slow roller second base and beat it out. You know, we we've seen the mad dash, the, the viral slide that he had at home plate. That was on you know a mad dash from first base. And and there's just a lot of different things that it can bring. You know, he was at the top of the lineup. Now they moved him down to third. They got Mookie up the top, and it's kind of really worked out for them. But it's just a, a whole different game plan. You know, Trey Turner gets on base. He might be at third base in three pitches, if, you know, if he really wants to, if he really wants to get after it. And it's something the Dodgers haven't really had. They've, they've had, like I said, guys that are fast, but they've never really had guys that utilize speed in order to win them. They've thought about it. I mean, they used to have Tim Locastro that he was almost a reserve in the in the playoffs one of those years when they had him because just because of the speed. And, you know, even though the A's have kind of fell off, Starling Marte went over there. Starling Marte's top five in stolen bases in both leagues right now, even though he hasn't played a full season in <laughs> either of the leagues. So, you know, it, it's a game changer. And we saw early in the year the Dodgers against the Padres, you know, when they were seven and three against or three and seven against the Padres, the Padres had stolen like 20 some bases in those 10 games against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are still struggle with holding runners on. They've allowed the most stolen bases this year. So it's another part, too, is that, you know, if teams feel like they can be confident stealing against the Dodgers, then you know, the, the speed element could also beat them. So I think they're, they're in a good spot now with Trey Turner where it just adds to nice. And, you know, I don't want to say that it's happened because of Trey Turner, but, and it, it probably maybe shouldn't happen with everyone, but we saw Max Munchie try to steal a base yesterday. <laughs> he, he, if he would have had a better slide, he would have, he would have beat it out. And, you know, AJ probably got hurt trying to take third base, which, which, you know, probably didn't need to do that at the time, but we've seen guys, you know, Mookie Betts, like you said, first to third, he's not going to steal too many bases, but first to third, he took third base without a throw the other day or in yesterday's game. So there's a lot of different things too. And I think the Dodgers can, you know, I think they've benefited from, from having Trey Turner there and kind of seeing like, you know what, maybe we can steal bases too. Yeah. I'm hoping maybe the Dodgers with Mookie Betts, with the Trey Turner at the top of your lineup can help bringing emphasis back on the speed. Because like you said, it's not something we see starring Marte. I didn't even know that stat to lead to be top five in stolen bases in two leagues. And he's been hurt this year too. Like he's yeah. not, he hasn't even played a full season. So that's actually a wild stat that I didn't even realize. So I'm hoping the Dodgers can start a movement with the top of their lineup. But you did mention before about how you're not taking for granted seeing Scherzer, seeing Trey Turner in a Dodgers uniform. I mean, you guys see stars every year. So it's not, I mean, now you got Albert Pujols in the Dodgers uniform too. So you've seen every great major league baseball player basically in a Dodgers uniform. But for me, Covering the D-backs, we don't see a ton of them, man. Every podcast host, I'm surprised you haven't asked me yet. Every podcast host that comes on here, they're like, so when are we getting Ketel Marte? So I wanted to ask you, as the D-backs GM, I will would you ask trade Ketel Imperial Marte, considering Ketel the D-backs Marte, are the worst team in baseball? I want to talk to you guys about that online because we're back and better than ever, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 
100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Today, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously heading into 2020, they thought they were going to compete, maybe not for the division, but at least for a wild card spot. Didn't quite work out that way. This year they've gone, you know, way south of that. And it's one of those things where unless there's a new, you know, unless there's something new in the CBA after this season that discourages teams from bottoming out and trying to build back up that way, you know, that might be the route to go. And 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 obviously they probably didn't get a deal they wanted for him out of the deadline, uh, but they can maybe still move him here in the off season. And, and it's one of those where you kind of have to make a decision. You want to go all in on selling out and, you know, rebuilding, or do you want to try to rebuild on the fly? And with the division, the way it is, you know, I think it would make more sense for the Diamondbacks to kind of bottom out. Same thing with the Rockies. I think they should have bottomed out. They should have traded Story and and everyone else they had at the deadline because realistically, you know, the Dodgers are going to be good probably at, the, you know, just with the core that they have that are that are under contract for the next three, four years, they're probably still going to be good. The Padres, even, you know, they have top-tier talent that that's around for a while. They got all those guys locked up for the next few years. They're probably still going to be pretty good. The Giants are good before they were supposed to be good. And now they're going to have, you know, an off season where they can spend a lot of money, maybe keep Chris Bryant around, maybe add someone else. And, you know, they might be good here for the next three, four years. So you got to think about it. You know, are we going to realistically build a team that's better than those three teams here in the next two years? Probably not. So maybe you want to go out, sell what you can, bottom out a little bit, you know, get some draft picks. Hopefully you hit on those draft picks, develop your own players, develop some talent, and then, you know, make a run at it here in the in three to five years rather than the next two years. Yeah, probably not. But I honestly just don't care. Kepton Marte is like 28. He's under contract for two more years. Like, I just want to see him long term in the D-backs uniform. Yeah. If you do want to eventually build a good team, you're going to need good players. Obviously, the Angels are probably the poster child of bad teams with uh, an elite all-time player on it. And I don't care if we're just the L.A. Angels with Ketel Marte being our Mike Trout. Like, we need someone to root for. We need someone to keep our interest and keep our, you know, rooted interest in this team and keep our our interest invested in this team and not, you know, wandering fandom, you know, looking at other teams. So I want Ketel Ketel Marte here for the long term. And I don't really care if the D-backs are good with or without him. I just care about seeing Ketel Marte in the D-backs uniform because it makes the games that more watchable. And I just don't believe you have to, like, tank in baseball to get good. Like, I know the Astros kind of did it, being the worst team in baseball every year. But you just go through the MVP ballots. Like, the best players in baseball 
they weren't drafted top five. A lot of them, they weren't even drafted in the first round. I don't think Mookie Betts was drafted in the first round. Most of these guys, you can the baseball drafts like 40 rounds. Like you can find talent literally everywhere. You got the international pool, like half the stars in baseball are just international signing. So I, I just don't believe you have to trade Ketel Marte. If there's like a godfather package out there for a Ketel Marte, sure. But if I'm getting offered like that Nolan Arenado deal, like you could throw that away. Like I, I don't need that kind of deal. So I'm keeping Ketel. I also don't, I'm not also a big believer in prospects just because there's just such a big risk. I think it's more interesting in like football and basketball because if you get a quarterback or a top player in basketball, it, it can change your fortunes a lot quicker than baseball if you get a top five pick and then you got to wait five years for the pitcher to be called up. So I would rather just keep Ketel Marte and try to build a team around him because when I look at the Giants, I'm like, why can't we kind of do what the Giants did? I look at our rotations on paper. The Giants rotation isn't better in terms of name value. Now they got guys playing above their name value in a Logan Webb, a Del Scafani. They got dudes balling out that the D-backs don't have. But in terms of being able to look at a path to relevance and look at, to a path of at least being a wild card contender and a competitive team in the NOS, I don't expect the Dodgers to go anywhere over the course of my lifetime. I expect them to be like the New York Yankees and always be in the mix. I, if you told an Orioles fan you shouldn't compete because of the Yankees core, well, you should just never compete then because the Yankees are going to be around for the next 30 years. And I probably assume the same with the Dodgers, because like you said, they've made the postseason the last nine years. You told me, if you told me as a D-backs fan nine years ago, should we trade or keep our players right now? You probably would have said trade because where's this Dodgers core going a decade later, the Dodgers are still the best team in the NL and nothing has changed. So for that, I think we have to keep Ketel Marte, just give him the 10 year deal and try to figure out the rest later. But Vince, I want to ask you one more question today before we go, and it has to do with the playoff race. Which team are you most afraid of coming out the NL outside of the Dodgers? Yeah, coming out of the NL, you know, Padres Giants is, is just I don't I'm not scared so much of them as a team. It's more so like I would hate to lose to them. So that's yeah. kind of the, the I I just would rather avoid that. Obviously, they're gonna have to play one of them if they make it to the NLDS. So that's gonna happen. But the other part too is, you know, the Brewers are, are a team that nobody really talks about. They've they're winning their division pretty easily. They're also the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, nobody's really talking. But when you look at it, they're going to have three guys, three guys in the top ten Cy Young voting. They have two pretty dominant relievers in Hader and Devin Williams, and I'm sure they have a couple of guys that I don't know that because like I said, I don't pay attention to the Brewers too much. Their lineup isn't as scary, but they have guys that can do damage. You know, Christian Yelich, same, it's kind of same as Cody Belton. Christian Yelich was 2019 MVP candidate and, and was a 2018 MVP kind of struggled here. And, but he's still, you know, he's still Christian Yelich. They have Lorenzo Kane. They have guys that can do damage. They have, you know, Willie Adamas has played out of his mind since he got traded there. So they're the scariest team on paper because, like I said, when I mentioned earlier what the Dodgers' struggles were is offensively. And when you're going to face Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta with Hayter and Williams coming later in the in those games, uh, that's not a good sign If even if you do have a good offense. So they're the scariest team for sure. The Dodgers, you know, even they played them in 2018, won seven games with them. Even last year, they, they beat them the first two games in that two out of three series, but they were both pretty close games, low-scoring games. So – now they're better than they were last year. They're probably way better than they were 2018. And that that's kind of the matchup with, that would scare me. And it, it's going to be – if that's the NLCS, you know, I feel good. I feel – I would be scared as a Dodger fan, but I would be happy for all the baseball fans because that's going to be one great series. 
Yeah, and the thing is, there's kind of flaws with all these NL teams outside the Dodgers. Of course, the Dodgers have had their offensive problems, but the Padres, I mean, we don't even know if they're going to make the postseason. You got the Giants, too. They play, uh, you know, people are still kind of waiting for this magical fairy tale kind of a season to fall off in the postseason. I think people kind of think they're a regular season team and not really a postseason team because they don't got the horses and that rotation to go deep. Kevin Gosman has kind of come back to earth since that hot start to the season. And that kind of just leaves me with the Brewers by default. They have their own flaws of their own. I don't think they have the nastiest lineup. Christian Yelich is kind of taking a kind of taking a page out of Cody Bellinger's book this season. He hasn't been that bad, but it definitely hasn't been the Christian Yelich who I thought you could have said it was the best player in baseball those first couple of years with the Brewers when he was top two in MVP voting back-to-back seasons. But when I look at that Brewers rotation, Woodrow, Peralta, Corbin Burns, I feel like they have to be the obvious choice to be the biggest contender to the Dodgers in the postseason because I look around the rest, uh, the rest of the NL, the NL East might not have a team that wins 90 games. Uh, of course, the NL West is going to have two, but the Padres may not make the postseason. And then after the Brewers in their own division, it's a bunch of average to mediocre teams as well. And they may not get a 90-win team too. So there's going to be maybe only three 90-win teams in the National League and one of them in the NL West already outside of the Dodgers. So I feel like the Brewers have to be the obvious choice for uh, the biggest challenger to the Dodgers in the National League. Now, Vince, it's been a minute since the D-backs listeners have heard your voice, and it's been a minute since they've heard where they can find you on social media as well. So remind the listeners, please, where can they find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Vince Samperio, and then you can find Locked on Dodgers at Locked on Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram. And, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I also run a Dodger page, Ravine Fiends. I think I've told the D-backs before I might have got their fans mad, so they might know that that hmm. that name. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at online, and, uh, you know, always looking forward to interact with Diamondbacks fans, even though probably won't be until next year because I don't think, they don't play each other again, right? Yeah, I don't think we do. And uh, I don't think the I think D-backs fans have already uh, started their offseason. On to the Cardinals. On to the Kyler show. Yeah, it's on to the Kyler show out here. And (laughs) basketball season's only about a month away, too. So I know all the Arizona fans out here definitely have to be hyped for the Suns. But Vince, thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for making some time. And I hope you're staying safe out there, buddy. I appreciate you having me. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diebacks podcast. Shout out Vince Samperio of Lockdown Dodgers for hopping on with me the last two days. Go back and catch up on any pods you might have missed this week. We had a part one with Vince yesterday. And remember, betting on the D-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always... Come back next week for more Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!